I want to take your Bible back to the book of Isaiah 45. I begin reading in verse 5. Just going to skip through the chapter and pick out some key verses. And we'll land down in one, try to develop a thought for, for the day. The Bible said in verse 5, I am the Lord and there is none else. There is no God besides me. I don't know what the Muslims would say about that, and I really don't care. I don't know what the Budenites might say about that, but I'm not rubbing his belly in him. The Bible says, I'm the Lord, and there is none else. You say, that's kind of narrow. Yeah, it is. Yeah. There is no God besides me. I girded thee, and thou hast not known me. Verse 7, I formed the light and created darkness. Verse 6, that they may know from the beginning of the sun and from the west, that there is none besides me, I am the Lord, and there is none else. I form the light, I created darkness, I make peace, I create evil. I, the Lord, do all these things. Verse 9, woe unto him that striveth, with his maker. Verse 12, I made the earth and created man upon it. A little girl, just a young girl, asked Mama, Mama, how did the human race start? And the mother explained, says, well, God made Adam and Eve, and they had children, and that's where all the people came from. A couple of weeks later, the little girl asked her daddy, said, Daddy, where did uh, the human race start? Daddy said, well, honey, several years ago, there were a bunch of monkeys and the monkeys began to evolve, and they evolved into the human race. The little girl didn't say anything for a couple of weeks. Went to Mama and said, Mama, I'm kind of confused. You said that God created Adam and Eve, and we all came from Adam and Eve. Daddy said that they were a bunch of monkeys. They got together, evolved, and we all came from monkeys. Mother thought a while and said, well, honey, I just told you about my side of the family and he told you about his. <laughs> God said, I have made the earth and created man upon it. I even, my hands, have stretched out the heavens and all their host have I commanded. Verse 18, for thus 
saith the Lord, that created the heavens. God himself that formed the earth and made it. He hath established it. He created it not in vain. He formed it to be inhabited. I am the Lord, and there's none else. Verse 22. Look unto me, the creator, the sustainer, the beginner, the end, and everything that is in between. Look unto me. And be ye saved, all the ends of the earth. For I am the God, and there's none else. If you want to go to heaven, since it's God's heaven, you might ought to go God's way. Amen. You say, I'm not going a Baptist way. We Baptists don't have a way. It's God's way. The Bible talks about it and says, Look unto me, and be ye saved, all the ends of the earth. I just dropped by this morning to ask you a little question. Where are you looking? What are you looking for? And to whom are you looking for life's solutions? And in life's issues. Where are you looking? Makes a lot of difference. About where you're looking. And I saw that verse yesterday. And it just impressed me. If you look down through the chapter and read it. You'll notice that when a person is looking for God. God never hides himself. God always makes himself Visible. God always makes himself a reality, and I'm glad of that. Notice that he says, look unto me. The eyes are a very special part of the human anatomy. The eyes, the eyes, if you please, are the main gate to the soul of man. Even Jesus said how important the eyes were when he said, If a man looketh on a woman to lust, he has created, he has, he has created uh, fornication, adultery in his heart. The psalmist said, I will set a watch on my eyes. I will set no evil thing before my eyes. Oh, how important it is, our eyes, and we're looking only takes a look. Have you ever heard of love at first sight? Probably it's more appropriate to say lust at first sight. Have you ever thought about this? Just how important it is it to whom you're looking, at what you're looking, and what you're looking for. The Bible says, look unto me. Jesus said that. God said that. Look unto me and be ye saved, saith the Lord. Oh, how powerful a look is. We don't realize just how powerful our look is to where we are looking 
and to whom we are looking. I hope you're not looking toward the Republican Party this year to soothe out all of our dilemmas. I certainly hope you're not looking at the Democratic Party to smooth them out. I hope you're not looking at politics and the election for the hope of America. But I'm afraid many of us are, are we not? Some of us are trumped up, dumped up, and dumbed up. Amen. I want to take the Bible this morning for just a minute. And I want to take the Bible the one you got in your lap there. And I want you to take a look at the power of what we're looking at and the influence that it may have upon us as individuals. Many of us can sit in front of the television and say, it don't bother me, bother me, bother me, bother me, bother me, bother me. But it does bother us. We are accepting things today in our living room that when I was a kid, you had to buy behind the counter, hid between book leaves so nobody could see it. What are you looking at? Who are you looking at? Why are you looking? The Bible says, look unto me. Wouldn't it be great if America began once again to look unto he who's the creator? and sustainer of all things. Wouldn't it be nice if America began to look back at God's book and begin to live the morals and the standards and the rules of God's book? Wouldn't it be nice if our kids could walk into a classroom and see the Ten Commandments again? Wouldn't it be nice? Well, let's you and I take a look. Let me show you first thing. A look can cause in our life condemnation. Look at Genesis chapter number 3. We take a look at a lady by the name of Eve. Genesis chapter 3. A look can bring to us and to the human race condemnation. A look can condemn us. Notice if you would please in your Bible the book of Genesis chapter number 3. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the Bible goes on to say in verse number 2, And the woman said unto the serpent, We may be eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest you die. Verse 4, And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. God said you'd die. The serpent said you wouldn't die. Verse 5, And God doth know that in the day that ye eat thereof, that your eyes, your eyes, shall be open, and ye shall be as God's, knowing Good and evil. And when the woman saw, kind of like the blue light special down at Walmart, flashing light, Black Friday, wait till you see the deals you can get. 
And when she saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes. You read on down another verse, and she took. Yep, she saw the tree was good for food. She looked, she took, and she lost. If she had never looked, she would have never took. If she had just taken God's word for it, she had never looked. But before there was an act, there was a look. Where are you looking? You said, but it looks good. It may not be that good. The story is told about Adam with Cain and Abel one day was walking just outside the Garden of Eden. And they looked over and there was what used to be paradise, destroyed, a rubbish, a dump. And one of the boys said, Daddy, what's that? And Adam said, that's where we lived before your mother ate us out of house and home. Hello, is anybody here? Uh, a look can bring condemnation. And it brought condemnation not only to Adam and his family, but all of earth's family. Wherefore, by one man, sin entered into the world. So death by sin, so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. You and I today are the direct result of our great, great, great grandmother's Watching pay for view in the Garden of Eden. Where are you looking? Because where you're looking will either build you up or it will condemn you and tear you down. You say, Well, preacher, that's just one. Hey, anybody remember Lot's wife? Anybody remember Lot's wife? If you turn to Genesis 13, you'll find a lady there by the name of Lot's wife. You'll find there in that text that God said, now get out of town. Don't look behind you. Just get out of town. And they started to leave. And do you remember what happened? In Genesis chapter number 19 and verse 26, the Bible said that Lot's wife looked back and was turned into a pillow of salt. Look back. Where are you looking? Where are you looking? Because where you're looking will either condemn you. It'll either make you or it will break you. Because God told Lot's wife, don't look back. Don't look behind you. And don't whatever you do, just don't look back. And somebody would say, well, I don't understand why Lot's wife would look back. You see, Lot is the spiritual leader in the home. Lot is the priest in the home. Lot is the fellow who's leading his family. And if you look back at Genesis chapter 13, you'll notice that the Bible said when Abraham and Lot was having a, 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 a disagreement about the land, the Bible said that Lot lifted his eyes and beheld 
all the plains of Jordan. Lot taught his family how to live by sight and not by faith. Lot was one of those who always went for the gusto, if you please, and always was looking for the right thing to do. Let me tell you something. We don't live by sight. We live by faith. And if you're living by sight, you'll be disappointed as sure as the world because a look in the wrong direction will cause condemnation. I wish I had time to talk to you about Achan in just Judge, uh, Joshua chapters number 7 and verse 21. The Bible says that Achan took of the accursed thing after they had destroyed Jericho and had taken the spoil. I don't know if you remember it or not, but the Bible said that Achan disobeyed God and and took of the accursed thing because of that the curse of God was on all of God's people. And God asked uh, by Joshua, asked Achan what happened. He said, well, I'll tell you, when I saw, when I saw, when I saw how pretty the things were, when I looked, I coveted and then I took. And all the stuff's hid in my tent. I wonder if maybe it might be possible that we're living a life of condemnation because we know we're disobeying God. Because we're looking in the wrong direction. We're looking for the wrong thing. We're looking for the wrong reason. And I'm just saying, now bless your heart, I I wouldn't want to say anything to make anybody mad or upset anybody, but anybody remember David and Bathsheba? Any of you remember? See, if old David hadn't lingered, he'd never lusted. David had not lingered, he'd never looked. But the Bible says that wasn't it just a coincidence that David went out on top of his house at the very same time that Bathsheba was taking a bath? You think maybe he knew what time she bathed? Well, wrong place, wrong time. Oh, shut your mouth. Wrong place, wrong time. Looking in the wrong direction is what it is. Thinking the wrong thoughts. Huh? Yeah, I just believe with all my heart. Listen to me now real carefully. When lust is conceived, it brings forth sin. Lust Lust of the eyes, lust of the eyes. When lust is conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And when sin is finished, it bringeth forth, anybody remember what the rest of the verse is? Death. Death. God says, look unto me. I don't think we get near as much trouble if we're looking unto the Lord. Huh? I don't think we'd get as very, as vile a temper if we're looking to the Word of God as we were at Transformers. I don't know if Transformers, is that a violent movie? Is that, is that an action movie? It is. I, haven't, I don't go to movies anymore. I got them in my living room. Why should I pay somebody $7 for a bag of popcorn when I can stop up at Easy Mart and get a bag for a dollar? Go home and watch my movie. I took my grandkid to see the Transformers. He, I don't know how, how old was he, Mama. I don't know how old he was. He about this big. How old is that? <laughs> well, if you're the sons of Gath, uh, you're two weeks old. 
And I took Seth to watch the Transformers. That is the most ridiculous. No plot, no theme. Whack, bang, wham, boom. Roadrunner and Coyote movie I ever seen in all my life. Oh, Seth was all pumped up when he left. We sat down in the car and we started out. And I said, now, Seth, the next time, let's go watch an action movie. He got mad. That's all it was in that dumb thing is action. I just wonder today. I just wonder today if David had not have looked. If it would have saved all the hell and the hurt and the sorrow that his family suffered. His daughter raped by his own son. His son dying at childbirth. Absalom robbing his kingdom. Riding up and seeing his son hanging from the oak tree by his hair locked, and he begins to weep and beg and plead with God, Oh God, oh Absalom, Absalom, my son, would God I die for thee? Just a look. You guys listening to me? Just a look. You know how you get hooked on pornography? By a look. Not two looks, not three looks, the power of a look. Would God I die for thee, he said. Job said, I've made a covenant with my eyes not to linger at a maid. The wise man said, I will set no wicked thing before my eyes. I just thought I'd drop by and ask you a question. Where you're looking. David looked because David lingered. And David looked because he lingered, he lust. Because he lust, he laid. Because he laid. He's lamenting and lamenting until this day all because of the power of a look. Where are you looking? I know somebody suggested look unto me and be you saved, saith the Lord. Uh-huh. I'm the Lord God and there's none else besides me. Oh, how condemned, how condemning a look is. How much condemnation a look has brought. Go through your Bible from Genesis to the Revelation and you'll notice a look has got so many folk in trouble. The Bible said, look unto me and be ye saved, saith the Lord. And all these folk I mentioned, they had one problem where they were looking. Where they're looking. Well, I'm so glad to tell you that not only will a look bring condemnation, but I'm here to tell you, as sure as the world, that the look will bring justification. In Numbers chapter 21, 
Just like the people of God just complaining to God about how bad things were. Wouldn't it be something if somebody in America complained to God how bad they have it? When we've got it so good. Of course, if it's raining too much, we complain because it's too wet. Stick around. It won't be long. You'll have something else to complain about. Because all the wet's gone, it's too dry. Amen. Or it's too windy or it's not windy enough. But notice, if you would please, in Numbers chapter 21. It's a very, it's a very unusual text. And it's, uh, I, like, I like to just do a little bit of Bible study with you this morning. And the Bible said in Numbers 21 and verse 4. In verse 4. And they journeyed from uh, Mount Horeb by the way of the Red Sea to compass the land of Edom. And the soul of the people was much discouraged because of the way. Have you ever felt that way? Well, naturally, they've got to say something. In verse number 5, And the people spake against God and against Moses. Wherefore have you brought us out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there's no bread. Burger King's closed. McDonald's is changing the menu. Neither is any water, and our soul loatheth this light bread. And the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people. And they bit the people, and much people of Israel died. What a dilemma. Verse 8, And the Lord said unto Moses, Make thee a fiery serpent. And set it upon a pole, and it shall come to pass that everyone that is bitten. Now watch this next phrase. When he looketh upon it, shall live. One look. The power of looking in the right direction. God says, look unto me, all ye earth. And be saved, one look can bring justification to the saint of God. A look in the right direction. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, John three fourteen, even so Son of Man shall be lifted up and draw all men to himself. Listen to me this morning. Why don't we learn a lesson? And begin to look in the right direction when we have needs and problems and situations. Look unto me, Jesus said, and be saved. Important, it's very important where we look. Now notice Moses did not tell the folks in the wilderness, look at the pole and you'll be saved. Did not say, look at Moses and you could be saved. Did not say, look back at the Red Sea experience and you will be saved. He said, look unto the serpent. Notice, if you would please, the Bible says in verse 9, And Moses made a serpent of brass, put it on a pole, and it came to pass that if the serpent had bitten any man, when he beheld the serpent of brass, he lived. This serpent of brass is a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ being lifted up and Jesus Christ paying for every man's sin in the world. And the Bible said, if we will look to him, all your earth, you shall be saved. 
What a great thing to know that if you've been looking in the wrong direction, all you got to do is just turn around and start looking in the right direction and your condemnation can be turned to justification. Just as if you'd never sinned. Uh, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Let me ask you something in closing. Where are you looking? Where are you looking? I, I, didn't somebody say, uh, didn't somebody write a song, Look and Live? My brother, live. Look to Jesus now and live. Look to Jesus. Hallelujah. Look to Jesus. Look and live. I am so glad that I'm looking in the right direction. A lot of folks today are looking uh, at their church for help and solutions. Look, there is no solution here at the church other than the Lord Jesus Christ. The one that was hung on that cross and lifted up high. And the Bible said, if he be lifted up, he shall draw all men to himself. A lot of folks today are looking at their baptism to get them to heaven. Let me tell you something. Muddy water on the empty head never got anywhere, anybody, anywhere. Some folks have been baptized many times. The tadpoles are familiar with the social security number. That won't get you to heaven. Only Jesus can get you to heaven. Don't look at the baptistry. That is just the door to the church. It is not the door to heaven. Jesus is the door to heaven. Amen. Many folks are looking at, at their church and many folks are looking at their communion service and others are looking at their politics and some is looking at their sincerity. But your sincerity will not get you to heaven. Jesus said, look unto me. All ye earth and you shall be saved. I'm glad of that, aren't you? I'm just wondering today uh, in closing. See how many times you're going to close? One more. Where are you looking? What's lighting your shuck? What rings your bell? What makes chill bump run back? Where are you looking? You say, well, I married a wife and She's the most precious. That'll change. Huh? You say, how you know that? Because you'll change it. Well, I, I married a husband, and, and, and my whole world's wrapped up in my husband. Good luck. Where are you looking? I, I'm looking at my job, my employment. That, that, that's where I get all my fulfillment. Hey, <laughs> good luck with that one. Huh? Could have closed. A look can bring condemnation as it did to Eve, as it did to David, as it did to Achan, as it did to Lot's wife, and as it has done throughout all the ages. How many do you know got in trouble because they just took time to look? I think I'll check that out. After all, one time won't hurt. You know how alcoholic got started? One drink. You know how a dope addict got hooked? 
one shot. You know how everybody got hooked on pornography? One look. You know how you get out of church? One look at something else. Amen? One look will bring condemnation. But thank God one look will bring justification. Can you say amen? And I got to close. I, I, gotta, I, gotta, I need to close, but I'm going to tell you. But a look. One day, one blessed day, will bring glorification. Does anybody here have a body that ever hurts? Come on now, testify. It's okay. You don't have to be Pentecostal and think if, you, if you're saved, everything don't hurt. Dear God, everything I have hurts, but I'm enjoying it. I love to tell my wife, how do you feel? I say, sit down. I want to tell you, it hurts. Arthritis is hanging on till the last thread. If it still bends, I need a pill to straighten it out. But one blessed day, one blessed day, beloved, now we are the sons of God. And it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. That body that got up and walked out of that tomb And Jesus did not move the stone. He just walked through it. Wrapped in all those grave clothes with a napkin about his head. When the folk arrived at the tomb, they were utterly amazed that the wrappings were still wrapped as if he was still there and the napkin was still at the head. He had just passed through them. One day, I'm going to have a body just like that one. A body that early in the morning told the people, don't touch me, for I have not yet ascended to my father. And that afternoon, he said, it'd be all right, because I've already been there and back. Can you imagine traveling at a speed faster than 186,000 miles per second. That's the speed of light. How long it would take you to get to the farthest nth degree 
of the universe there in the presence of God and be back that afternoon before supper. Do you know that the body you have right now cannot exist in heaven? For you and I to walk into the presence of heaven and holiness in this sinful flesh that we have, we would be blown into a thousand smithereens. Do you know for you to live in heaven, you've got to have a body that is built to survive there. And that in the Bible is called glorification. It's when we get a body like His glorious body. The Bible said, For our conversation is in heaven, from whence we also we look for our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change this vile body. Don't wash it and see if it smells vile. Don't feed it and see if it looks vile. Don't groom it and see if it looks vile. Vile means sorrowful, useless, temporary. That thing that you're walking around in and caring so much for, God says is vile. How would you like to have all the money you spent back on trying to keep it healthy and pretty? Vile. You say, she sure is pretty. Stick around. I don't care how many facelifts you get. One of these days you're going to run out of hide. Someone said that Elizabeth Taylor had had so many facelifts that her toenails were now scratching her eyeballs. And she died. Just like the folks in the book of Genesis. He lived 900 and 60 years, and he died. And he died. And he died. If you're looking in any direction except the Lord, he's the only one can fix your vile body. Is it going to change our vile, vile body? That it may be fashioned like his glorious body. You say, preacher, I don't like the way yours look. Stick around. You'll like the next one. It'll work. Amen. Just imagine, if you would please, the curse of sin being lifted. Hmm? Dogs don't bark at cats. Cats don't meow at dogs. Husbands don't bark at wives. Wives don't 
meow at husbands. Kids actually obey. Amen. Baptists don't complain. The curse is lifted. The curse of sin is gone. Can you imagine the powers of temptation and sin has lost their grip no longer does the addict crave? No longer does the alcoholic body cry out and DTs begin to grip? No longer does pain run through our body. Why? Because the curse of sin is gone. Temptation of sin is gone. And all sickness is eliminated. Go with me if you would please each week to the hospitals. Stand by the bedside and listen to hopeless, hopeless good people cry. Cry because there's no hope. There's no home to go to. There's no family who cares. Stand me by caskets as folks cry. Think of it just a minute. Death will be swallowed up in victory. When? Just one look. When we see him, we'll be made like him. Look and live, my brother, live. Look to Jesus now and live. What a coincidence they sang that song. What a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see and I look upon his face the one who saved me by his grace. And he takes me by the hand and leads me through the promised land. What a day, glorious day that will be. Amen. At graveside services, now for almost 50 years, I've taken one of these old King James Bibles. They're standing at the head of the casket as bereaved family sits there in, in utter dismay and sorrow. I've read these verses. I'd like to read them for you before we close. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood shall not inherit the kingdom of God. That body you're walking around in ain't going to get it. You can't spend enough money on it. You can't take enough medicine to get your body ready for heaven. Because the Bible says, flesh and blood shall not inherit the kingdom of heaven. Neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. There's no way, no way that you're going to make anything out of our bodies except corrupt. You let blood cease flow from member to member and that member will die immediately. 
stop oxygen from going to certain brain cells, and that part of the brain will die. After death, it begins to compose, decompose. That's corruption. If you can't inherit that, that's got to come from someone bigger than us. You say, I'll get to heaven my way, you get your way. No, you're not going to get to heaven in what you're running around in. Can't stand the pressure. Behold, I'll show you a mystery. We shall not all die or shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in a twinkle of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible. Now watch this. And we shall be changed. We've got to be changed. We've got to be glorified. We've got to have a body like his glorious body. We've got to have a body that's heavenly fit, not earthly fit. The Bible said, for this corruption must put on incorruption. This mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written. Any of you remember that? Death is swallowed up in victory. I've been able to stand at my father's grave and read this verse. Oh, death, you think you've got my dad. But you don't have my dad. Death, you've been handcuffed. You've been incarcerated. Death, you have no power over me or my family. Because death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin. The strength of sin is the law. But I thought Jesus come to fulfill the law. That's why he said, but thanks be unto God that give us us the victory through Jesus Christ our Lord. Question is asked, where are you looking? God said, look unto me, all ye ends of the earth, and be saved.